Hey, y'all, just a quick heads up. The episode you're about to listen to is eight to 10 years old. Now, these episodes were intended to be evergreen, and I still believe there's a lot of good information in these early episodes, but I do want to let you know that some of my ideas have evolved over time. Times have changed since we made these episodes, and ultimately, I'd like to think I've grown a lot as an artist and a human and that these don't necessarily represent my best work or the best of the podcast. If you're new around here, I suggest starting with the most recent episode or at least go back to around 300 and move forward from there. Enjoy the episode. Hey guys, it's uh, Andy J. Miller with the Creative Pep Talk podcast. Today we're talking about making people care about what you care about and about your work. And this episode I actually recorded live on Periscope. It's an app where you can view live video. Uh, I might do that from time to time, so if you're interested in that, go ahead and follow, and it will update you. If you follow me at Andy underscore J underscore Miller, it will let you know when I'm recording live, and you can kind of tune into that, and that will always be like creative pep talk stuff. So I recorded this one live, and there was some cool things, and there were some kind of annoying things, and so I'm working that out, but it was an experiment, and so join me in that. Uh, Also, This week, I decided to break down the episode into three parts so that you could digest them in chunks over the next three days. We also have on this podcast, Jolby, Colby, and Josh uh, from Jolby Studios have a little bit to chime in on the topic, and thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome for that. If you want to see this on the web or hear this on the web, rather, go check out illustrationage.com slash Talk. You can find it on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Talk or on iTunes in the iTunes store. Thank you guys for the reviews. It means so much to me, and that's how this show grows, so thank you so much. Thank you for the Patreon backers who back this show uh, every week. They donate a few dollars per episode, so you can do that too if you love the show at patreon.com slash Talk. It helps me offset... Uh, time and money poured into the podcast. So thank you guys so much. Without further ado, here's the show. So we got our first Factor Meals and I am pumped to tell you about them. First off, we absolutely loved them. Delicious chef's kiss for the chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals that come straight to your door. I can definitely see how when deadlines are out of control or you're in a super busy season, how Factor Meals can lighten your load while still giving you options like veggie, vegan, and even low-calorie Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can even pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Head to factormeals.com slash peptalk50 and use code peptalk50 to get 50% off. That's code peptalk50 at factormeals.com slash peptalk50 to get 50% off. Here it goes. All right. It's the Creative Pep Talk Podcast with me, Andy J. Miller. Hello. 
Uh, this week, if you're listening on the recording, we're actually going to be doing... My hair looks kind of weird, sorry. My, uh, we're going to be recording the podcast and putting it out there live on the Periscope app. So if you're watching live, you can actually, I think... Maybe even type questions, and I might be able to work in answering those as we go. If you're listening to the recording, make sure you download the Periscope app so that you can watch live if that's something that you're into. Uh, We're now recording. So we are talking about today making people care about your work. So not just... um, being self-indulgent in your work, but bringing your audience into the equation. And whether that's a good idea or a bad idea or how you end up doing that. Uh, I'll tell you how I started to think about this topic. So earlier this week, I was reading an interview with one of my favorite artists. I'm I'm not going to name them for all kinds of reasons, but I was reading an interview with one of my favorite artists And I was just starting to feel really jealous, if I'm honest, because, uh, and I I don't mean this as a diss at all, but their work had become so self-indulgent in terms of, he was really just making work about his interests with not really any uh, thinking of what his audience wants or even trying to really communicate anything. He was just making Uh, making this work, and it was fulfilling to him. And I was just kind of getting jealous because I kept feeling like I have all these thoughts and feelings and interests, and I always feel the need to interpret those things into something more packaged and valuable uh, for my audience. And, you know, also recently, uh, I've been super stoked and excited about the Joanna Newsom album, uh, I cannot wait to get my hands on the new Joanna Newsom album. I'm a giant fan. I love Joanna Newsom. I know that her music is a bit polarizing. Uh, and so it's, this isn't about her music. It's about um, something that we can take from her career. So I love Joanna Newsom, but I think she's another example of someone who, as they've gone on in their career, they have become more and more she's become more self-indulgent in her work. And I mean that with the most love and respect that I could possibly uh, say because I'm I'm a giant, giant fan. But as her career has gone, her work has become more and more challenging. And I'm up for that challenge. I also think it's become more, uh, it's become better the longer it's gone. The more challenging it gets, it actually gets Uh, it gets better. And so I was thinking through that too and thinking, why is it that um, my favorite, favorite artists can be so uh, self-indulgent in in their own interests and passions, but when I do that, it seems to fall flat. And so I started asking these questions like, should your work be uh, for you and about you or should your work be about an audience? Uh, and for an audience? And do you have to choose? And so I started thinking through, uh, and and all kinds goes back to the purpose of this podcast, which is a mixture 
of business and art. Exactly. Someone just chimed in because they're rich and don't have to put out quality anymore. Well, <laughs> I'm not saying they don't I'm not saying it's quality. I actually think the work has gotten better. But I do think having money on a lock actually does contribute to this idea. And so I always come back to this same topic on the podcast because the podcast is for freelance uh, creatives going out there on their own, trying to thrive financially and be uh, creatively fulfilled at the same time. And so I think that early on, you do need to include your audience. You need to meet them halfway. It can't be just about you because you have to earn their attention, right? They're not already interested in what you have to say. You have to meet them halfway. And so that's what this episode's about. This episode is about how do you more intentionally tap into what an audience wants to talk about? <laughs> this thing, this Periscope thing is, is throwing me off a little bit, but I'm going to keep rolling with it because I think it, it should be interesting and fun. Um, so sorry if I don't get your question. I'm, try, I'm trying to stay on topic to a certain degree, but I might, I might be able to get to it. Um, so I started thinking through this, and I started thinking through, you know, what makes art fall flat? What makes art self-indulgent and not interesting to an audience? And then when is it wrong? You know, there's one side of it, making art that's super self-indulgent and all about you, and that not really working. But there's another side of it too, where you're making it all about the audience. And all of a sudden it doesn't, it's not, it's no longer authentic. Because oftentimes if you're speaking to an audience that you're not a part of, you're often basing your assumptions on stereotypes instead of experience. And so if you base your complete art on groups of people that you're not a part of, not only will it feel uh, maybe coming from an inauthentic place, but it also will be based on stereotypes or it'll be chasing trends. And so on that side, you might be making good money, but you're probably not going to be creatively filled. And so as always, I'm trying to find a good balance of these things. And so this made me start thinking about this idea of communication, this idea of not just talking at people, but actually communicating with people and actually connecting with people so that your work doesn't fall flat on its face, right? And I was reminded of this, one of my favorite quotes. It's from my, maybe my favorite movie of all time, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And uh, this quote is from Joel Barish, Jim Carrey's character. And Kate Winslet is constantly... Uh, is constantly talking. And she says, I tell you everything, Joel. I tell you everything, every thought that I have. And then and Joel's response is, constantly talking isn't necessarily communicating. And so I started thinking about this idea of communication. And my favorite, uh, my favorite description of what communication is, is the conveyance of, or the transference of thoughts and feelings. And so talking can be anything where you're using words, 
right? You're, you can talk and never communicate. You can constantly talk and never convey, never transfer any of your thoughts or feelings. And I think sometimes early on in our careers, we're doing a lot of talking, but we're not actually connecting with anybody. And so I started to think about how do we, how do you systematically as a pro uh, consistently communicate with your audience in a way that's powerful? And so that's what this episode is about. And you know, it reminded me of, (laughs) it reminded me of uh, this Zig Ziglar. He, he's an old school uh, motivational speaker guy, but I love this. I keep going back to this. He did this reference to the teachers. There were lots of teachers that were talking, right? They were talking about, you know, if you had a history teacher and all he was doing was talking, you might fall asleep during the lecture. But for the teacher that sold it to you, the teacher that communicated, the person that took their excitement and interest and passion in the subject they were teaching and they transferred it to you, those people actually made a difference. Those people were engaging and interesting and you were willing to trade your attention uh, 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 to them. And I think as artists, we're in that same boat where attention is scarce and you have these things you want to express but you have to learn how can you make other people care? Um, And so that's, that's kind of what we're talking about today. And you know, one of the things that I, you know, as a teacher myself, I can fall into this habit of blaming my students for things not going right. And I think it's actually, I never want to do that because I feel like such a heretic because one of my biggest uh, pet peeves is when a leader blames their followers for how things are going. And I think in the same way, it's a very lazy thing to do as an artist to blame the, the audience for not buying your work or engaging or being interested in, in your work. It, it, it's a very like uh, lazy way of viewing. Like if it's not hitting, then you're not communicating it right. And I actually got this term, make them care, from Andrew Stanton. Uh, he's a big wig at Pixar. He did a great talk on uh, TED about story, and he talks about no one's just going to automatically care about your character. You have to make them care. And in the same way, no one's going to automatically care about what you have to express. And so... I think we get a lot of this creative fulfillment from expressing things that are dear to us. But part of that fulfillment comes from seeing other people respond to what you're expressing and get what you're trying to say. You know, we've all had that experience where we hear a song and it hits us in such a way that we we didn't even know anyone else ever felt that before. And there's that that's the power of art to say you're not alone in this thing. I feel exactly like you and I'm going to use my art to transfer those feelings to you and we're going to share that, right? I remember being a kid and uh, I don't know, maybe I was just uh, really 
a heavy thinker or something as a kid. But when I remember being in fourth grade and in the summertime, like laying on my back in the grass and looking at the stars in the sky and being just enamored with the night sky, being blown away. And if I was with a friend being like, isn't this amazing? Like, man, I'm just feeling all these feelings. And uh, I remember just the response of them being very underwhelmed, like just being like, yeah, it's kind of cool. There's stars in the sky. But I remember having this extreme feeling in my gut saying, oh man, this is so amazing. And just saying it with words and just saying, isn't this awesome, wasn't transferring how I felt. And there was something unfulfilling about not being able to share that with somebody. And then I remember also when I was in middle school, uh, you know, I've always had crazy dreams. Every night, almost every night, I have a crazy dream. Last night I had a crazy dream. I dreamt that I painted a... American Robin in two different pages and I was splicing together the pages. Just a really bizarre, weird dream. And every night I have a weird dream and I love sharing my dreams, but if you've ever shared your dream with somebody, you, as soon as you say, oh, I had the craziest dream last night, you're going to see their eyes glaze over and be like, oh gosh, now we have to listen to this whole spiel about how you were at your house, but it re- wasn't really your house kind of thing. Like, um, And... You know, for somebody who loves dreams, it's a very lonely experience because you never really get to share that with somebody else. And I remember going into school in middle school and every morning in our homeroom being like, oh, I had this wildest dream. I was one of the members of the Seinfeld cast and it was the last day of shooting and we were in an alley in New York and I was saying, guys, we can make more episodes. And Kramer and Jerry just being like, just forget it, man. Just move on. It's over. And, and I remember saying this and just people being like, okay, who cares? Shut up. But I had this strong, visceral experience that I was desperate to share, right? And so I, I, I was trying to, um, I, I've learned over time that there are these practices that actually learning craft and learning how to uh, communicate with an audience in a way that you help them care can change everything. Another example I saw recently, I saw this these really cool uh, installations where they had strung together hundreds, thousands of white balloons to into these cloud formations in the, the, the train stations in London indoors. And I thought, Man, I love that so much because there have been so many times where you just see this magnificent cloud formation and it just gives you, it just hits you really hard. But if you just take a snap of that with your iPhone and be like, aren't clouds awesome? You're going to get crickets. No one cares about your, how you feel about clouds, right? And so, uh, but this was a way of taking that feeling, that, that awe of clouds and using art to meet your audience halfway. And so that's what I wanted to talk about today. I want to talk about how do you respect your audience and meet them halfway with your creations so that they care about what you're doing. And I think part of it is letting go of your ego. And now if you're listening to this on Periscope, you're not going to see this part 
but I'm gonna splice it in later. I have a really nice clip from the guys, Josh and Colby of Jolby, and they're gonna be talking about letting go of your ego. And so if, if you're listening to the podcast, I'm gonna put that in now. But if you're watching Periscope, you're gonna have to just check it out on iTunes. Hi, we're Josh and Colby from Jolby and Friends. And when we first started working together 11 years ago, we both really liked the idea of coming together and losing oneself to create something uh, as a team. And thinking that way allowed our egos to dissipate and have something that we can do together and uh, make something great. And we realized in this process that it's so freeing to just let go of that ego and your own personal creative interests for the better of a project and just to trust in your team and know that they're going to help produce the best work possible no matter what that work is. And the more you do it and the more you practice it, uh, you just realize how much more rewarding it is, the feeling of accomplishing something together versus just on your own. So I loved that. I think that that is fantastic. And I think even if you do work on your own, seeing yourself as a collaborator with the audience that you want to communicate to, the audience that you want to be a part of, seeing that as a collaboration between you and the audience and letting go of your ego, getting that out of the way and and saying, hey, I don't just want to say something. I want to listen to what you're saying and I want to combine it with what I'm saying and make something that we can both be really excited about. And so I love that. I think that's fantastic. I'm really compelled by that. Thank you so much, Josh and Colby. It means a ton to me that you take time out to uh, be on the podcast. I think if you don't know Jolby, go check out their work. It is fantastic. They're doing um, some of the most interesting stuff in our industry, in the illustration and design industry. I think that especially as a business model, I'm just blown away and fascinated by two guys getting together, making some really interesting stuff. And then also now they're hiring other people or they have been for a little while and they're doing branding projects where there's a lot of illustration involved and logos. And I just think... Uh, I'm just totally inspired by that whole concept. I love the idea of illustration and design, blurring those lines again, going back to the old commercial art days where, you know, we had people like Paul Rand and Saul Bass doing the logos, but also doing all the illustrations. I just think that's super exciting. Their work is just really, really exciting. I'm so glad that they're doing what they're doing. I had the honor of uh, meeting those dudes back in Portland last summer at Icon nicest guys in the world. Um, Couldn't be more thrilled to have them on the podcast sharing some of their brilliance. So thank you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, I've broken this podcast up into two parts. You're going to get the next part tomorrow. I'm just experimenting, experimenting with Periscope, experimenting with breaking these down into smaller, more digestible chunks Um, and spreading them over a few days just to spread the pep a little bit thinner across the week and see if that is effective. So let me know. Let me know if you like that. Let me know if you watch Periscope and you enjoyed that. Uh, Next time I record it on Periscope, I'll probably take questions at the end. And then, um, so if you're into that or you want to ask some questions, that might be a way to get that in there. So uh, be mindful of that. 
Again, thank you guys. Thank you, Illustration Age, for sharing the podcast. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. Thanks for the Patreon uh, backers. Thanks for all the excitement about the podcast. It means a ton to me. I will be back tomorrow with the second part of this episode. Until then, stay pepped up about your work. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.